0: Hello there, thank you for joining me today and this is another issue of the psychology report. You know the field of social psychology and particularly social influence has always been a subject of interest to me. I started out my studies in psychology in the area of social psychology, look at issues of opinion formation and social influence and how we influence each other and the impact that we have upon each other through our conversations, through our power of suggestion that we have within us, uh, by manipulating facts and presenting them uh, as if they were facts when they really are not, you know, and so on. It's all a field of social psychology. And when I uh, was completing my PhD degree in psychology, I did a uh, dissertation took me a year long to uh, complete the dissertation and I looked at the issue of suggestibility, the power of suggestion, and I found a couple things that were uh, particularly of interest to me but uh, have contributed to the field of psychology in a significant way over the years. Take a look at the issue of hypnosis. Hypnosis is a suggestibility issue. People are suggested a certain theme, a certain uh, idea that they should relax and uh, enter into a state where they'd be able to remember something or to focus on something that otherwise they would not be able to do so. And what I found in my uh, research is that the people who were likely subjects for hypnosis and who would uh, be a good subject for hypnosis were people who were introverts. They were calmer. They're more inward, you know, to themselves. So the introvert was a much more likely person to be subject to hypnosis. But also found that the person that is able to hypnotize somebody else is a person that is only moderate in their dominance. Not passive, not overly dominant, not aggressive and forceful, but moderate in uh, in their personality style of dominance. So if you have a hypnotist who is moderately dominant and you have a subject that is introvert, you have a high likelihood that hypnosis will take and the hypnotic experience will be entered into. In other words, the person will go along with the suggestion, will be influenced by the suggestion of the hypnotist. Well, then I looked at another aspect of social influence and that is what we call social engagement or social influence. And that is, would people just go along with the suggestions of somebody that uh, made a particularly strong suggestion to them and uh, form an opinion that wasn't theirs particularly, it wasn't even a correct opinion, but would form an opinion consistent with a uh, strong-willed influencer? Well, what I found was that people who are influenced in the social realm so we call social influence or social issues, were extroverts. And the people that were more likely to influence these extroverts to a particular point of view and to engage in a particular activity or to espouse a particular opinion and and voice it, were examiners or were people who were relatively dominant, somewhat forceful, if you will, had power, had prestige. And as the extrovert would tend to go along with a person of that nature. So in other words, what I found was is that suggestibility is a very, very powerful factor operating in the lives of most people. But that there are certain kinds of suggest- suggestibilities that uh, are different from others. And that is, the hypnotic suggestibility is different than the social influence suggestibility. So... When you take a look at today's world, we live in a world of media. We live in a world where media is definitely attempting to influence the actions and the opinions of the American people. We call that the press. And the press has worked very hard to shape the opinions of the American people. The press works overtime, if you will to create an attitude or to create an opinion or to create a a force to create a particular movement that would go along with a particular political persuasion or political uh, point of view or objective. So the press is a very, very powerful uh, suggestibility tool in our country. Unfortunately, though, the press is not particularly objective. They're not trying to give us two sides of an issue and let us make the, uh, the choice or form an opinion. The press, on the other hand, is very, very um, focused. They want a particular point of view to be espoused. They want a particular outcome to occur. So the press is a highly suggestible uh, instrument or force in our country that people respond to, people listen to and respond to, but the press's influence falls in this area of what I call social influence or social suggestibility. That is, they are very powerful, they hold great prestige in our country, they're often looked up to by people, they are given a place of power or a place of importance or a place of honor. So we tend to listen to the press, we tend to look to them, we tend to rely on them, we tend to believe them, we tend to give them weight, we tend to give them a a certain amount of credence, and we follow along in our opinions accordingly. That's social influence, particularly people who are extroverted. People who are introverted don't pay attention to the press quite so strongly, are not influenced by the press as strongly as our extroverts. So the area of social influence is kind of um, restricted to this issue of a very powerful uh, person to suggest a particular point of view, or action, or an opinion, and an extroverted person who is subject to listen to these kind of people and then go along with them, as if there's kind of a social engagement or social bonding that takes place between the press and the reader of the press if that person is an extrovert. Now, Justin Haskins of the Heartland Institute, now if you don't know about the Heartland Institute, you need to know about the Heartland Institute. They study all kinds of issues in education, environment, and so on, and do so without a political persuasion. Uh, they, They are truly a scientific organization and does research and brings together the research in different kind of areas of of influence and and, uh, importance. And uh, Justin makes this uh, comment in a um, commentary. A truly objective press has never existed in the United States, but the news media current commitment to destroy the Trump administration has revealed the sad reality that much of America press is hardly engaging in journalism at all. Instead, the media have manipulated the public with falsehoods, trafficking in fear, and master hypocrisy. That has to do with a double standard. Um, And as a result, our republic has been put into great danger. So, that's kind of a commentary on our media. In other words, our media appears to be an extremely focused organization, group of people who have an agenda to influence the American people to take a particular point of view, engage in a particular action, and fulfill the desire of the media. Now, the Media Research Center uh, did a study here recently, and they looked at the first... um, 100 days of the uh, Obama administration and the first 100 days of the Trump administration and as to the positive and negative comments that were made in the media during those first 100 days of these two different administrations. What they found was in that uh, 2009, Mr. Obama's first 100 days had an average of 58 to 82 percent statements that were positive in his favor. So somewhere between 60 and 80 percent of the comments made in the media, first hundred days of Obama, were positive. On the other hand, the Harvard uh, School of Government found this to be true, that 80 percent of the news coverage during the first hundred days of Trump were negative. In other words, 20% were either neutral or negative, or, or, or positive. or positive. So 100% negative for Trump, 80% in the first 100 days. For Obama, it was somewhere between 16-80%. So let's just take an average of 70% were positive. So the media was certainly uh, skewed. The media was certainly taking a different tack in these two administrations during the first 100 days. So the media was favorable towards Obama and unfavorable towards Trump and were very uh, clear in the first 100 days to make sure that those messages got out to the general public. Now, uh, the uh, Media Research Center also found that when they studied ABC, CBS, NBC during these first 100 days, they found that um, there was a something like a 1,500 negative statements about the president that were made uh, that were negative, but only 186 were positive regarding Mr. Trump. So what they said, <clears throat> what they were saying in these first 100 days is that the negative statements of Mr. Trump, 1,500, the positive statements 186, about a 93% difference. So what you have here is a press that is very definitely uh, negative towards one candidate and very, very positive towards another candidate. Now, there's a third research study that was found. and This is the uh, Harvard-Harris uh, poll, and that uh, 65% of the American people believe that the press creates false news, or what we sometimes refer to as fake news. I think the better word is false news. It's created news. It's created for a purpose. It's created to fulfill an objective. It's created to fulfill the political persuasions of the media. So the American people are not fooled. They know what's going on. 65% of the voters know that the news is fake or false. And they have to somehow sort it out and do something with it. So they know that the press is not being very favorable. Another study found that the uh, employee population of the uh, Democratic press, sometimes referred to as ABC, CBS, NBC, live in cities and in states where Hillary Clinton won by over 30 points or more. So in other words, the very working population of the press live in states that were essentially democratic in nature. Being, therefore, they get support, they get encouragement from where they live uh, to put forth a particular uh, point of view. And then lastly, the study we showed was this, is Indiana University found this, that in 1971, 25% of the press was Republican. That's 1971. In 2013, only 7% of the press was Republican. So journalists, over and large, over the years, have not been Republican at all. 25% in 1971 but now it's only 7%. So you can see that the press is a group of people with a particular persuasion. We call that a bias. And they have a particular agenda, and that is to make sure that their point of view is perpetrated upon the American public, conveyed to the American public, uh, through the writing and through the various forms of news media, interviews, interviews, Talk shows, etc. So we have this issue of social influence very, very strongly in the press, very strongly now in the political world. <clears throat> uh, the press is very much against Mr. Trump. He was very favorable towards Mr. Obama. And the press has now, over the years, set forth their particular agenda. And when you read the newspaper, when you listen to a newscast, When you listen to a talk show, you are getting a point of view of that particular station and the policies and the politics of that particular station. So you need to be very much aware of who's speaking for whom. And um, who's in back of the station and who's financing it and who's uh, creating the news. Whether it's false or true. So this issue of social influence is very real. This issue of suggestibility is very real. When you are a powerful force, such as a press, and you speak to the American people, some of which are extrovert, you will have a very strong influence upon that group of people. But when you are a dominant person, such as the press, and you speak out and you're speaking to an introvert group of people, your influence is not as great, not as powerful. They think much more for themselves. They deliberate more. They take time to make their decisions. They take time to take action. They work more slowly, where the extrovert is more likely to take an idea in and act upon it. The time frame between taking an idea in and acting upon it is very short for the extrovert. In other words, they react more. They respond more quickly, less thought less deliberation, less consultation. They move forward with a particular point of view that they've been fed. So the press's influence is primarily to the extrovert population of America, not to the introvert population of America. That group of people are more likely to not be influenced by the press, to resist the influence of the press. So it isn't just a matter of whether the press has a point of view or not and whether they perpetrate it or not through the news or the uh, media of various forms, it's the group of people who are listening that makes a large factor, is a large factor as to whether that influence is going to be uh, powerful or not, whether it's going to be successful or not. So it's the extrovert that is more likely to listen to the press. Introvert is more likely to listen to themselves and many other people as they call information together and put it into a form and make their own opinion and take their own course of action. Okay, this has been the uh, psychology report. I don't know if you're an extrovert or you're an introvert, but I guess the word "the wise is sufficient here. Be more introverted when it comes to the press. Be more thoughtful. Be slower to act. Draw upon several different sources. Listen to many different people. Take time. Call information. Be careful for the fake news, the made-up news. Be careful when you're listening to certain news uh, stations, reading certain newspapers. Uh, In other words, be more cautious. Be introverted. Be slow to act. Be slow to think, be slow to speak, and there will be much more likely that you'll be uh, acting with intelligence and in, in very great consistency with your own value system. Be careful when somebody tries to force something upon you quickly or with power and with urgency. Take it back, take a step back. Be careful when that takes, the, takes place in your life. Be careful of the people who want to persuade you to a particular point of view because they have power over you. They have influence over you. And uh you're the one that has the influence. So be more introverted when it comes to the news and when it comes to taking action in the area of politics and social decision making. Okay, this has been the psychology report. Good to have you with me and um Go to my website, booksbyhedberg.com. I would uh, love to have you pick up a book and um, find something there that may be of interest to you you know, to read. And um, I will look for you again next time. Bye for now.